0: thing i had was in the in the back we had the food pantry on friday but we had a lot of stuff left over so uh after services go to the back and grab a bunch of stuff and and get this stuff out and moving and what you can't use yourself take to somebody else but but you know we don't want it to go to waste so get it go back there and and take care of it and the one thing before i get going too is uh the uh, it's been brought to my attention by a couple of folks uh someone a couple weeks ago and a couple this week talking about that christmas star that they're talking about Isn't that kind of odd you know in genesis 1 how how god said in the beginning when he hung those things up there he said that they're for a couple of reasons and the first thing he said is they're for signs and then they're for seasons and the telling of the days and the months and, and the years and but for signs and he uses those things their calendar was on based upon the the moon the new moon was the beginning and every cycle it comes back up to a new moon and it was the the monthly thing but this alignment of a couple of planets I guess when Jesus came there was a a couple of more planets that actually aligned with it to to make it even more but this is about as close as it's even been to that in hundreds of years, and so I gotta wonder what's my Lord got in store. What what kind of thing is He putting up in the sky for us as a sign? What's it mean? Well, I'm excited to see what 2021 is going to bring. Um, it may be some good things. It may be some bad things. But I know one thing: He made a promise that all things continue to work together for good to those who love the Lord. So whatever is on the way, it's because it's it's there's a purpose and a plan behind it and it's designed to do something and we may have no idea what it is but we just trust in the plan we always trust in the planner our our god and and we're just going to let it roll and see what he's got and we're going to be the best witnesses for the lord jesus christ that we can in this next year because we need people to be saved and to hear the gospel amen Let's bow before we get ready for our word, and I'll let you prepare your hearts and minds in prayer, and then I will close us out. father in heaven as we we're gathered together here as your saints as your children as members of the body of christ and today father is our last assembly of worship on a first day of the week to worship you to sing your praises to pray corporately together to partake of the lord's supper and remembrance of the work that he did on the cross that sacrifice that you made for us the gift of life and so father today during this season that the world recognizes we want to do a special honoring of the of your gift the birth of our lord and savior jesus christ and so father we're just going to read the old old story that rings so true And it's those things that we are just persuaded by all belief. And we pray that our worship and our service this day is not only pleasing in your sight, but that it glorifies you and exalts you as king of the universe. We thank you for Jesus, your spirit and your word. And it's in the name of our Lord that we ask these blessings upon us. Amen all right the birth of jesus christ is one of the two defining moments of history i would say the other one was the cross the cross was the other one and uh i i I wanted to kind of set an ambiance today and uh i may have trouble at times reading as i go but i thought that it would be nice to to have the lights because jesus is the light of the world isn't he and just to sit here as we, I want you to soak in the Lord and his coming and what this actually represents for all of us. And you know, this, this season is the birth and then towards the Easter we have the death. And those are the two most defining moments in history. And one day, I might even tell you through a Bible search if you would like, approximately the actual day that jesus was born if you're interested because there is biblical evidence laid out and i can share that with you if you'd like and one day maybe we'll just do that but today we're going to do this and i thought we'd do a little bit of history as we set forward you know it was the bishop of rome because no one actually knew the date or the day of the birth of our lord and so in about the third century the bishop of, um, of Jerusalem asked the bishop of Rome what he should tell the people over there that the birth of Jesus was as they were trying to, to work in that area of where the Lord had actually originated. And he was very sly since no one actually knew what they did was was made two different decisions to put it on the date of December 21st. The first was there was pagan style uh, celebrations let's just call it festivals that they made during the middle of winter all over the world the pagans in the middle of winter would have these wild obnoxious festivals because what they thought was in in their own ways was that the god of life the sun was dying because today and tomorrow is the shortest days of the year december 20th and 21st and they thought he is dying the world is dying and we have to do something to see if he's alive and to see if he will join us and come back to bless us with with life and abundance and so they would have these pagan festivals and rituals during this time and so what the bishop decided was is that let's us have some type of celebration during that time and see if we can have them to join in with us and to bring them proselyte over and to to worship the lord and so then when it come down to trying to choose a date what they did was to appease the jews because it was the bishop of jerusalem who was asking such a thing to appease them he said, you know what, I don't know if, if you know much history, but in about the 176 BC, um, Antiochus Epiphanes was a Seleucid and he had overtaken Jerusalem. They had to live under his rule at this time. And what he did was is he brought in um, everything that he could to defile the Jewish faith. Uh, the faith that God had, had instored in the temple. You know, they, they had the priesthood. They had the offerings of the different animals that would, that would go. Well, what he did was he's, he forbade all of that. He says, you will not do that. And one of the, the, the animals that, that is unclean is a pig. And so instead of offering up lambs that were unblemished, he went in and set up an altar to his God Zeus in the temple of our God in Jerusalem. And he began sacrificing pigs in there. And when they complained and when they, they started getting upset, he did it the more. And thousands, there was one time he, he just slayed thousands of pigs there. And the blood of the pigs was spread everywhere to defile the temple of God and down its stairs there was a man by the name of Judas Maccabees. And Judas Maccabees said, he was kind of like Popeye of the first century B.C. He said, I had all I can stand, and I can't stands no more. That's right, I'm glad there's some Popeye fans. Man, I grew up loving Popeye. And Popeye the Sailor Man, man, I could sing that song, but you know I always loved you knew when Popeye had all he could stands and he couldn't stands no more somehow he's going to squeeze that spinach can and he was going to eat some spinach and he was going to you know he was going to take care of business well that was Judas Maccabeus Judas Maccabeus said I've had all I can stands and I can't stands no more and he and his family began to do guerrilla warfare and they began to to be out in the places and making attacks and stick and move, stick and move, stick and move. And you know, after about ten years it 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 started man, people started joining the revolution. Pretty soon they defeated the army and had turned them back. And in about 164 I think it was BC, they had turned the Seleucids away and they cleansed the temple they said it's been defiled by all of this these years and they went in and they cleansed the, te- the temple and they went back to the book of exodus and leviticus and numbers and sh- saw how that they were supposed to do that and how to re it and how to make it acceptable now for the lord to return and for worship to return and on that day It was around the 12th, 14th of December in like uh, 164 BC that the temple had been cleansed and it was ready. And the family started walking with their lights and their torches towards the temple. And all of the people round about started seeing it and they started coming out with their candles and with their lights and with their torches. And everybody marched to the temple of God. So that the worship of God. Could start over again in the right way. It's still celebrated in that land over there today. Known as Hanukkah. The festival of lights. And that's what it was about. It was about the return of worship. From what had been desecrated. And then. Oh where do we get the Christmas tree? Well. Well. There was, a, there was another missionary who was going through Germany, through the, the dark forest over there. And he was making his way through the rough times. And he, he got to a clearing. And there was this big clearing. And in the middle of the clearing was a huge oak tree. And there was thousands of Hessians gathered. It's the middle of winter, just like we are now, again. And they're gathered around this oak tree, and he found out that that was the oak tree of their god thor the god of thunder and they gathered around that tree to worship the tree to worship thor and to try to return life back to their land and this missionary boniface stepped into the clearing after hearing all of this and he began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to these people. And they stood by and they listened. And he got so worked up by the gospel of Christ and by the word of truth that he grabbed one of their axes and he began chopping that tree, that great oak tree of Thor. And all of the Hessians stood around in disbelief, but no one touched him. No one bothered him as he began chopping down this sacred tree of theirs. And he started chopping it and chopping it and they just knew that the god of thunder was going to strike lightning and thunder down upon boniface but the only thing that fell was the oak tree and it fell with a mighty thud and they were all amazed that their god had not done anything to him and that he now stood victorious preaching his god the one who created all things And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to a dead tree so that he might take your sins upon that and restore righteousness to you. And a day or two later, he came out with an evergreen tree and planted it there by where the mighty oak had stood. And he said, I want you to start thinking about a different tree because it's green all year round. And just whenever you see that tree, you think about the eternal life that you have through Jesus Christ your Lord, because it does not die in the winter time. And then those lights that we have on the tree. We got that from a man named Martin Luther. Because as they would that was brought down and handed down about that green tree, the green tree that lives all the year round that represented eternal life he wanted to bring it in into his home and put lights on it but they didn't have electricity back then so he had candles and he attached candles to the limbs of the tree and he lit it because he said Jesus Christ is not only eternal life but he's the light of the world and so and he said that night when he was born he was so enraptured with the Christmas story But he said when he was born, the shepherds were out there under the stars and the stars turned into the heavenly host who began praising and parading, glorifying the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so he put candles upon the tree as the light of the world to represent all of that. Oh, I could go on. I had about five more pages of notes, everything from wreaths to mistletoes to christmas cards but i think we've got enough a little bit to set a history don't we of what's came down about this time but now what i want to do is i want to go into just the reading of the word of god because there is nothing more powerful than the word paul wrote to the romans in chapter one and he said i'm not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ for it is the power of god unto salvation there's nothing more powerful than the words that were spoken that created the universe and everything that is in it nothing more important than that breath of god that gives us life but the christmas story what i've done is i've took the liberty and i like to do this sometimes i even mentioned that yesterday i like to take the scriptures of the word from every different place and put it together because it's one author you know and I like to put it together to give a sequential reading of the Christmas story, if you would. And I want you just to meditate now upon the words of the Christmas story of our Lord Jesus Christ. Get up here right and see. Starting in Luke 1, it says this. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most assuredly believed among us. I want to stop just right there for a moment in our reading just to say, are the things that we're about to hear most assuredly believed by you? Whenever Luke began this, he's talking to old Theophilus and he says, I want to give you the things which are most assuredly believed. These are things that we hold near and dear to our heart. He said, even as they were delivered unto us, which from the beginning we were eyewitnesses and we were ministers of the word. And it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. There was, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest who was named Zacharias. He was of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, and they were blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in age. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, that according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was now to burn the incense when he went into the temple of the lord and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at this time and there appeared unto him an angel of the lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense and when zacharias saw him he was troubled and he, fear fell upon him and the angel said unto him fear not zacharias For thy prayer has been heard, and thy wife Elizabeth, she shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness. Many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto that angel, "'Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife, she is well stricken in years.' The angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these things and these tidings. And behold, you will be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, and they will be fulfilled in their season, the appointed time. And the people waited for Zacharias outside, and they marveled that he had tarried so long inside that temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them, and he remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth, she conceived. And she hid herself for five months saying thus hath the Lord dealt with me in these days wherein he has now looked upon me to take away my reproach from among men. And then in the sixth month that angel Gabriel he was sent from God to a city in Galilee that was called Nazareth to a virgin who was espoused to a man named Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, What manner of salutation is this? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor. In the sight of God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and you will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus means Savior. For he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. And then Mary said unto the angel. How shall this be? Seeing that I know not a man. And the angel said unto her. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest. Shall overshadow thee. And therefore that holy thing. That shall be born of thee. Shall be called. The Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived in her old age this is the sixth month of her pregnancy and she who was called barren because i want you to know this for with god nothing is impossible and then mary said behold the handmaid of the lord be it unto me according to thy word and the angel departed from her And Mary arose in those days and she went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and she entered into the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise that when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they had ever came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, Not willing to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived within her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. And now all this was done so that it would be fulfilled the prophet of the Lord, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and be with child and bring forth a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. And Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took her to be his wife. And he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and then he called his name Jesus. And it came to pass in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed they all went every one to their own city and Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of Nazareth into Judea and to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because it is out of the house of David that Joseph was and I've told a lot of you but for those who didn't know Bethlehem Beth Lachem means the house of bread the bread of life was getting ready to be born at the house of bread she brought forth and while they were there mary his espoused wife was great with child and the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth that firstborn son and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes And she laid him in a manger because there hadn't been any room for them in the inn. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shined around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, for behold... I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is the Christ, and he is the Lord. And this shall be the sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I'm going to stop the reading just for a minute to let you know why I get a little choked up with this. Because I realize the teaching that lies underneath these words. When it says he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The swaddling clothes in the original language means the strips of bandages that at this time were used by doctors to bind wounds, And then to wrap those who had died. It's the same bandages that was used whenever the Lord, after his crucifixion, he was wrapped up with all the aloes and the myrrhs and and wrapped up with it. Our Savior was born to die. He was wrapped in death clothes from his birth. And it says that he was lying in a manger because there's no room at the inn. It was planned that way. And in the manger, the book of Isaiah, the prophet said that the Lord speaks unto you and says that the animals know who their master is. The ox goes to his feeding trough and he knows who his master is and who it takes care of him. But you, O Israel, you do not know who your master is. You do not know who your God is. They had forgotten who took care of them. And so when I read that the Lord was born wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, it's because even though we have lost our way and forgotten who it is that takes care of us, my God is still faithful. And he still brought forth his son to die for me. And it was planned that way from day one. And then suddenly there was around about them an angelic multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. You see there was peace and goodwill wished by our Lord God and the heavenly host even when we had forgotten him. And it came to pass that as the angels had gone away from them to heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came and made haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in that manger. And when they had seen it, they made note abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds. And Mary, oh Mary, she kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned back to their fields, glorying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it had been told unto them. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, and they were saying to him, Where is he that is born the king of the Jews? And when Herod heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem, because they had come to worship him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes together, he demanded of them, Where is the Christ to be born and they said unto him in Bethlehem in Judea for thus it was written by the prophet saying that Bethlehem in the land of Judah you are not the least among all of Judah for out of these shall come the governor and he shall rule my people Israel and so Herod then when he had privately called the wise men back he inquired of them diligently when was it that you had seen this star and you made this journey this way and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and again search diligently for his plan was to destroy the baby it represented a threat to his being ruler over Israel and he said go search diligently for the young child and when you have found him bring me word so that I can go there and worship him you liar and when they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they had saw in the east now went before them till it stood over the house where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had opened up their treasures... They presented him with gifts of gold, and of frankincense, and of myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed another way and left the country to their own. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take this young child and his mother, and flee down to Egypt and be thou there until i bring you word for herod he will seek the young child desiring to destroy him when he arose he took the young child and his mother by night and they departed into egypt and they were there until the death of herod that it might be fulfilled notice how everything in the word of god is fulfilled that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the lord by the prophet saying out of egypt i have called my son and then herod when he saw that he had been mocked and that the wise men they were he was exceedingly wroth he sent forth and he slew all of the children that were in bethlehem and in all of the land coast to coast and everyone from two years old and under every baby he slew at that time that was told of him by the wise man. And that fulfilled another prophecy of the prophet that had spoken saying in Jeremiah that in Ramah there was heard the voice of lamentation and weeping and great mourning. It was Rachel weeping for her children but she could not be comforted because they are not And when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for they are now dead, which had sought the child's life. And he arose and he took the young child and his mother and they came forth into the land of Israel again. And so as our praise team returns up, The word of God says that we should most assuredly believe these things that were written. Every word of God is true. And is that not one of the greatest stories of love that you have ever heard? That a God of heaven would love us so much even when we forgot who he was and who it was that protects us. And we've all gone our own way. He said, I'm still going to send my son in the likeness of a man and I'm going to wrap him in swaddling clothes and I'm going to put him in a manger and signify that you might have forgot who I was but I didn't forget who you was. And I'm still sending him anyway that everyone who would believe on him might not perish but have everlasting life. And so I pray this day that you ring within your heart anew the praises, the worship of the God of glory. And we glorify him who loved us that much. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus and for your faithfulness and for your love, for your creation, that you would do everything possible so that we might know you, that we might have fellowship with you, and that we might have eternal life with you. Father, we cannot thank you enough. But thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.